Well, Happy New Year, everyone. Maybe other people had that question, so <clears throat> now that is somewhat resolved. <laughs> um, yeah, so I want to begin the new year um, exploring a Zen teaching framework called the 10 ox herding pictures. Um, and this is one of few attempts actually in the Zen tradition to really categorize a stage-based, a seemingly stage-based model of the path of awakening. So in the Zen tradition, as many of you may have experienced, one of the most frustrating things perhaps about the Zen tradition and maybe one of the most profound things about the Zen tradition is we're constantly being introduced to paradox. Or you could say to attention a, um, a, a of apparent opposites. So one that is alive in regards to the path of awakening is what's sometimes referred to as sudden awakening and gradual awakening. So in the sudden side, <clears throat> one would say, Buddha nature is inherent in everyone. And once one realizes it, one is a Buddha. And one maybe even goes further to say, Buddha nature is inherent in everyone. Everyone is already Buddha. The gradual school would say, <clears throat> Buddha nature, sorry, <coughs> is inherent in everyone. And <laughs> as human beings, there are degrees of realization and expression of Buddha nature, of, of Buddha realization. And so instead of it being either or, it's a both and. We are Buddhas and we are in a process of recognizing our Buddha nature and expressing it. If we, if we get, and this is like the fine dance, if we get too attached to there being a gradual path, then we can get really fixated on, oh, what stage am I in? And what can I do to get to another stage? And that whole reinforcement of the I doing is the complete antithesis of awakening to some extent, right? <clears throat> so it's like, wow, can I really explore and know Buddha nature is inherent in me and there are degrees to which this realization can be uh, recognized and uh, expressed and practiced. So these pictures, and I love... <clears throat> You know, part of my mind really loves that they're pictures, <clears throat> like Zen picture book. It's like you have this map that's really pictorial, which is interesting. There's not a lot of pictures otherwise in Zen, at least that I'm aware of. And these pictures, you know, they show a map. They show some of the territory or the path that others have walked. These were... Um, compiled, the story goes, um, 
probably sometime during the Song Dynasty, which was 900 Common Era uh, to like 1100, 1200 Common Era. <coughs> and it started out that there were six pictures. And those original six, although like recorded and talked about and commented on, the original images are no longer extent. We don't know what they looked like exactly. There's descriptions of them being like an ox getting, um, going from being like a unclear, like dirty ox to being a clear, like pure ox, which is similar. It interestingly is similar to um, a depiction in the Tibetan tradition of the elephant path. And it's a picture of an elephant going from being like dirty clouded elephant to being a clear bright elephant so that kind of picture of you know moving from cluttered distracted mind to uh, a more and more refined state of awareness now the ox herding pictures no longer depict that those that progression of images they're actually much more complex and the the map that we have now was um designed in the 12th century uh, in, in, in China. And uh, many um, people have commented on it. Many people have made their own, kind of like the tarot. Like there's like, you know, the original, what we kind of consider the original deck, like the Rider Waite deck. And then there's so many variations, but they all kind of stick to the same images in some way. It's like that, like there's, like this or original deck of 10 ox herding pictures. And then many artists have kind of riffed on it in their own way, but they've stayed pretty loyal to the symbolism in them. And we'll get into that. So today I'm doing more of an overview of what the ox herding pictures are. And don't worry, we'll get to like why ox herding soon if you're already asking that like wait I am a Zen practitioner I have never even seen an ox what are we doing here um, and so yeah maybe we should go into that one yeah one other thing that I find interesting maybe more historically interesting about the the 10 ox starting pictures is it it helps like differentiate what the Zen path of awakening is. And you know, for those of you and many of us have like dabbled in other or maybe practiced very seriously in other Buddhist traditions, like the the vision of Buddhahood of of full awakening is expressed differently. It might not be different but it's expressed differently in different traditions. And so in Zen, what's emphasized, and you'll see this in the last ox herding picture, is the kind of freedom and spontaneity of, of mind's nature and the compassion that just streams forth when one is truly living um, from unbounded potential. So freedom and spontaneity, as you've probably tasted and, and felt within the Zen tradition, the koans really embody that as well. It's one of the ways that Buddhahood or, or awakening is uh, expressed or um, talked about or shown in the Zen tradition. 
So now to the ox. <clears throat> so it's the the pictures are often referred to as the ox herding pictures or sometimes cow herding pictures. There are a lot of um, different like translations and um, and pictures themselves that you can look at. I I can drop a couple in the chat right now so that you have some reference for it. And this site that I'm going to be sharing is called um, Terabes. Maybe some of you are familiar with it. It has a lot more. Um, I'm also going to be referencing, and I'm not putting this one in the chat now, um, but I will at a later date, uh, Muman Roshi's commentary. Muman Roshi, who's Shoto Harada Roshi's teacher, has a commentary, has a book, which is so amazing. Like when I was at the monastery, I just took that book for granted and I would read it often. And now I looked on Amazon, it's like $140 because it's, it's out of print. Um, but you can actually download the entire book from Terabas, which is an amazing resource. Terabas site, which is a collection of uh, mostly Soto Zen writings. But, but this is actually these um, ox herding pictures are traced back to a Rinzai teacher. So, <clears throat> so let's, let's look a little bit more into um, why, why the ox. So the ox uh, in this uh, pictorial map, as many of you may have guessed, is uh, a symbol of our awakened nature or of big M mind. And Chosen Rishi used to say, and this is you know, another paradox, is that we use our mind, whatever mind we have when we start practicing, we, we might not have that much awareness of our big M mind or our you know, awakened awareness, mind. So we use our mind to go beyond our mind and realize mind. <laughs> realize mind's nature. So the, the, the Oxharding pictures really depict that. The many minds. <laughs> the many minds, the one mind, the no mind of Zen. So here in this, you know, depiction of the, the ox herder, the ox herder is us, is each one of us, a pr practitioner. And we're tasked with, when we start on the path, looking for, you know, we're looking for our awakened nature. A few of us come to the path like, I am a full Buddha and I know it. <laughs> so we have to like, we start by, and this can mean so many things, and we'll explore this more next week of like the first ox herding picture is searching for the ox. So we start with this looking for, and then there's you know, discovering, getting these little tastes of mind, big M mind, and then we're training, we're learning to train our attention and we're companioning this ox, our, our original nature, and we're tr learning to trust and becoming intimately one with our ox mind until 
the mind of awakening functions so freely through us, all metaphors are dropped. And we simply live in compassionate service. So the ox or the cow, if we like trace it back uh, to the different countries where Buddhism um, flourished, <clears throat> the history of Buddhism, and it, it um, arose in India. And the ox or the cow in India was considered sacred, a symbol of divinity. And then in China, where this teaching of the ox herding pictures developed, the ox or the bull was seen not only as a symbol of Buddha nature, but as an expression and functioning of awakening itself. And a kind of little side note, I got um, interested in you know just the history of religion. Can't help but be interested in that. Um, and I find it interesting that in Minoan culture, which dates about back about 5,000 years ago, flourished on the island of Crete, um, they worshiped the bull as an expression of the life-giving goddess. And I was reading both uh, Sophie Strand and Anne Baring make connections to the story of the Minotaur, which is this half-bull, half-human creature as being connected to this great goddess, traced back to the time of the Minoan culture, who had the power to give life and take it away. Which is interesting because that's something that we say as an expression of an awakened person. They have power to give life and take it away, which in and of itself is a, is a deep koan for us. Anyway, you know, probably this connection is just in my mind, but it's an interesting connection. <laughs> it takes us back to the goddess, which I appreciate. So already lots of associations with the bull or ox that bring us into relationship with something of divine origin. I think that's the important piece that I want to emphasize. This is an aspect of awakening. We're waking up to our own divinity. We're waking up to our own divinity. To the part of us, you know, we use this word in the Buddhist tradition, and I think it's you know, because a lot of us come from more maybe Christian backgrounds, it gets a little tainted. <laughs> Um, with the word pure, like there, there's like we're originally pure. That is like the, a touchstone in the Buddhist tradition. And so we're being invited here, this bull, this relationship to the bull is an invitation to be in relationship to that purity, our natural purity. That's another thing I, I, like, I love about the bull. Those of you who are familiar with astrology and this, the symbol of the, the Taurus is the bull, um, the constellation Taurus. And you know, that, that image often represents like, what is natural. So there's you know, something here about returning to a natural state in this being herders of, of, of our bull mind.
you know, think of the bull. The bull is embodied. It, it knows what it wants. It's instinctual. It's before thought or concept. It has something to do with knowing that is prior to idea or view. That's an important piece of all of this. And then, you know, something about the bull that I also love is like, you know, the first um, ox herding picture is searching for the bull or searching for the ox. And it's like, you know, that's such a large animal. It's pretty obvious, right, where this animal is. It's not going to take a lot of effort to find it. And there's something about that, too, that this is pointing to, that our nature is obvious. It's right here. It's the most intimate thing. It's the thing we've known since before we even took our first breath. It's been with us our entire life. And will continue to be whether we realize it or not. There's something... You know, obvious about it. So another thing I want to talk about before we get into it and kind of keep returning to, because this teaching has a very linear nature, um, you know, there's one and then there's two and then there's three and we'll go in that order and 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 so then it starts to make sense linearly to our rational mind which is great I think that's really helpful one uh, teacher that I had said we need to get our rational mind on board to do this practice yes this practice involves going beyond mind but if mind if our mind is doesn't agree to it um, we can only go so far. And so there's something to that, and I think there's something to that of why this was constructed in the first place. It's a skillful means to give us a little, you know, to give our minds a little bit of ease of like, oh, this is what I'm getting myself into. Okay. I can sign off on that. I can continue. I can proceed. And then also true is the awakening process isn't linear. It is and it isn't. So we may have experiences of you know, the 10th picture on the ox herding pictures, or the 8th picture, which is experience of no mind, of emptiness. Before we even start meditating, before we even on the Buddhist path, we might have an experience of emptiness or experience of just pure joy, pure functioning, pure compassion. And then we start meditating and we find ourselves looking for the ox again, the first ox herding picture. Or when we're in retreat, and this is you know, part of what I like about these pictures is you could talk, they can talk about the long arc of practice and they also can talk about um, like a retreat. And on a retreat, you know, often, or you know, whenever we sit down to meditate, we start by Oh, wait, where is that mind? Where is the present moment? Like, I need to find it again, often, and keep coming back to it. So we, you know, are moving through that, <coughs> like, one, two, three, and this will make more sense as 
as you're introduced to the to the pictures but you know we're finding the mind we're bringing it back we're forgetting we're meditating we're coming back finding the mind again and then in the midst of that and this is you know part of the miracle of meditation is you know in the midst of like being frustratingly in the first image looking for the mind thinking that we're not doing it right all the stuff like we suddenly have a period of meditation where we're just breath we're just totally immersed and that would be like oh the sixth ox hurting picture suddenly we're like attuned to mind one mind and then we're back at one first one next period we sit down and our minds a mess and that happens right and we go through and um, touch these different states and that's um, Ken Wilber did some scholarship here that I think can be helpful for us is the difference between states and stages so you we all as we go through looking at these different uh, images if, if you choose to continue coming on Monday nights uh, you'll see like oh I, I guarantee that most of the states are familiar to you in some way maybe intuitively maybe something you've experienced before practice maybe something you know from a retreat um, or maybe you just get you know get it like oh yeah yeah like I know that I know I've, I've tasted that but you may have tasted it but yet it's not something that's stabilized you could say or not something that you can just um, like open to in the moment like oh yeah emptiness like here it is but you can like over time as you get more and more familiar with these different s states they become something that you can enter I don't like the word at will when talking about this but almost so like oh yeah I know that place I can open my mind and meditate and uh, open to a, a, a place of emptiness or a place of oneness or a place of pure experience so those we can get more and more familiar with it and those um, Ken Wilber calls stages like we like yeah like I know that state so well that I can enter it more or less at will so what I'll be doing um, over these next few months is presenting one of the pictures and each of the pictures has prose and a verse connected to it and then fleshing out how it applies to our meditation practice and then the greater arc of our spiritual life. And so that's also an invitation for you to reflect on and use the image and use the words, maybe some of the images you'll connect with, maybe some of the poems you'll connect with more, and just see like, oh yeah, what, what, what speaks truth here for me? And it probably for most of us, this teaching is more helpful as a larger arc teaching, like, oh, these are different states that I can know in practice and eventually stabilize not so helpful probably to like take this map and then apply it to every meditation session like oh I'm in one now I'm in two now I'm in one now I'm in three. Oh, I made it to five that time not so helpful <laughs> probably <laughs> for most of us that might just 
be another thing that like the inner critic can start using as a measuring stick. But I, I find it helpful as an invitation to reflect on and open up to the truth that each state or stage invokes. And let that be inspiration to continue to deepen and stabilize your practice so that we all can more thoroughly embody and express our awakened nature. I want to uh, read the prose to the first uh, ox herding picture before we end. So the first one is called The Search or Looking for the Ox or Looking for the Bull. And this is a translation by uh, D.T. Suzuki. She has never gone astray. So what is the use of searching for her? We are not on intimate terms with her because we have contrived against our innermost nature. She is lost for we ourselves have been led out of the way through the deluding senses. The home is growing further away and byways and crossways are ever confusing. Desire for gain and fear of loss burn like fire. Ideas of right and wrong shoot up like a dagger. And that's, you know, something that we can contemplate. What the invitation of this first one is like, what, what is our true nature first? What is, you know, what is this mind? The mind before thoughts. And what gets in the way of our recognition of it on a moment-to-moment basis? And this is and this is what they're speaking of here in this uh, commentary. You know, first pointing to the obviousness of it, like she has never gone astray. Our mind has never gone astray. It's always been right here. Our awakened nature always been right here. And yet, because we get fixated on getting or fear of losing or being right or not being wrong, we end up identifying with and playing in the weeds and missing what's right in front of us, missing this clear, bright mind missing our ox-like nature. And so that's um, is something to contemplate over this week is like, how do you begin to recognize this ox? How do you come back to the present moment, the space before thought? And what pulls you away? What covers what is obvious and right in front of you. You know, we all need reminders. Like this, yes, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. That's why we do this together, right? Continuous reminders.
So um, I'd like to end the talk there. And I'm curious if anybody has any questions, any reflections, any, any thoughts you'd like to share? <laughs>